0: Welcome to Park in the Bus, the fantasy football podcast where two friends talk FBL and see if defence may be better than attack. I am your host Callum McAvoy, joined as ever by my good friend Jack Murray. Good afternoon, evening, afternoon? Uh, evening, I'll say. It's, it's dark outside. It's, it's evening in January, afternoon in August. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say Happy New Year to you. Yeah, that's true. Okay, Happy New Year, Callum. Happy New Year, Jack. Uh, yes, it is the first part of uh, 2021. We've had a, a, a nice Christmas break, I guess, fairly relaxing from my point of view. Yeah, yeah, except uh, FPL, which was anything but relaxing. I'd have said. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the best, was it?
1: No, for a variety of reasons, it was uh, just felt like after one game after another, and, and another problem after another. But it it gives us something to do when you might be a bit short of stuff to do during this time, so can't complain too much. Yes,
0: suppose not. Uh, So as this is the first pod of 2021, uh, we're going to do a I guess a quick catch up of the football that we didn't cover over the Christmas period, uh, and how that affected our FPL teams, uh, how that's affected our progress or lack thereof in the in the cup, Uh, and then we're going to be looking ahead. to the rest of the season, uh, including the next two game weeks, where, of course, we have uh, the notorious double game week.
1: Oh, before we start, I uh, remembered that I am on exactly
0: 999 points for the season. Ooh, It's a nice number to be on, I guess. How weird's that? I've seen some people get, like, just to like, exactly on a 1,000.
1: I saw someone the other day who had, uh, I think it was the exact same points as their overall rank or something. No way. Yeah, which is really strange. Like that must hardly ever happen. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty. That's quite spooky,
0: actually, isn't it? Like you need yeah. to have a decent rank for it to be possible, anyway. <laughs> that's true, yeah. But yeah, 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 very weird. Like top, top, like thousand or so, mm. two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm on nine hundred and thirty-two at the moment. So. Oh, okay. So getting yeah, there. So I'm a. I'm a little behind. Um. I mean the story of my FBL over Christmas was pretty much the same as it has been throughout most of the season. I was pretty much five to ten points above the average for every game week, more or less. So yeah, nothing's really changed for me on that front.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I um try to think I think I, I had a, a big a reasonably big drop in rank in game week sixteen, which is the one where Obviously, we had a, a few cancellations and, and stuff like that. I, I think I dropped over a hundred thousand places from three hundred and fifty odd to 480, 90 something. Yeah,
0: it wasn't great. Uh, game week sixteen.
1: No, it was a a win for the wild carders. I I remember because well, my friend in a, in another league had a wild card and he had eliminated all of the was it city Tottenham players because they don't have a double game week and obviously their matches got cancelled. While me and you still have. Well, you have Kane and Son, I have De Bruyne and stuff like that. So that was a win for the wild carders. And then I'd say the week after was probably more of a win for the people that had used their wild cards earlier. So therefore, still had City, bit of Tottenham, etc. especially as uh, both City and Tottenham ended up having fixtures moved into game week uh, 18. And then, well, City now have a double game week in 19, and Man United now have a single game week in 18, which obviously the wild carders didn't expect. So um yeah it it out I suppose which equates to a fairly equal two game
0: weeks in terms of advantage and disadvantages of different methods. I mean the average for game week sixteen was thirty seven points which was is just so low. Very low yeah yeah and of course this was the week that you needed I believe it was it was thirty seven points to. I, up.
1: I think that a certain
0: percentage of people who
1: got thirty seven get in and if you got thirty eight you were definitely in
0: uh unfortunately i was neither of those uh i got 31 points so i didn't even qualify for the cup this year um it was all it was all because i didn't have song calvert lewin or kane um and very few of my other players came through
1: so. yeah yeah i i just about scraped through with 39 not that the cup actually really but it's more of a gimmick novelty isn't it but it's always nice to you know it's nice to be in it's not the end of the world if you're not i i think i i've had a season where i didn't qualify once. But, yeah, I was down to how many players did you have play that week in the end? I think I had well ten, but one of them was a zero pointer from Ollie Burke, so basically nine
0: uh i still I still had eight players play okay, they just weren't particularly good that, that's quite badly hit
1: though compared to some people where it easily got eleven out
0: and and stuff like that. Bamford and Fernandez were the only two who didn't blank for me that week, so
1: yeah, yeah, I had uh, my transfer in that week was Rafinha, who managed to get eight points, which basically got me got me there. I also annoyingly missed out on, uh, was it, well, technically, I suppose three clean sheets because I had Souffal was rotated. They got a clean mm. sheet. Charlie Taylor went off in the first 10 minutes. They got a clean sheet. And Jamal Lewis was benched for a clean sheet against Liverpool. So I, in a way, I, I felt I felt a bit hard done by that week because I – uh, missed out on three clean sheets but then the week after I got 17 points off my bench so I suppose it swings and roundabouts
0: <laughs> yeah I mean that that kind of sums it all up doesn't it it's it's you've got to be very careful with who you start and who you captain that's affected me this week especially yeah I Last week, obviously I, I captained Salah uh, instead of Son Kane or Fernandez yeah you know, with, yeah, looking back on it, I'm kind of confused why I did that. But then I thought, oh, Salah, he's always a safe bet for a captaincy.
1: Three blanks in a row now.
0: And I also, uh, under your advice, I will say, Jack, um, benched Sue Fowl, um in favour of Matt Targets.
1: I, I also benched Souffal, but he came on for me. So I I I, uh, I can't odds my player breaking COVID rules, though, and therefore getting a zero pointer, allowing Souffal to come on. Uh, that explains it. Yeah. But um obviously I did qualify for the cup, but I was knocked out by one point. <laughs> um Ooh. sixty-five, sixty-four. Uh Callum Hudson the because he was the one that sent me out because my trans- well, my trans my two transfers in uh, this week were John Stones and Suchek. And John Stones obviously was on a clean sheet up to that point, and uh that's four points wiped off at the end there, which would have seen me through.
0: So, but oh well, it it was
1: fun for one game week, I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: and now we don't have to worry about it ever again.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, he captain Salah and still beat me, so my team obviously wasn't good enough. So he probably did deserve it. I I captain Fernandez over Salah, so but oh well, it's a, it's only a bit of fun, isn't it? It's just always a bit annoying when you lose.
0: I mean, COVID is wrecking havoc with FPL. Uh, this year, we we knew that was going to happen anyway, um, and I think we even said way back when in the first few game weeks, you know, have like a fully functional bench and don't rely too heavily on one team because if one uh, club catches COVID, uh, it's going to affect everything for you. And even though I, even though we've both, I think, got pretty functional benches, um, and we're not, well, I, I don't know what about you, I'm not overly relying too much on one club at the moment uh, it's still affecting me big time
1: yeah well i suppose it's because if if one game gets called off it sounds very stupid to say but if one game gets called off that's two teams i suppose rather than just the team that's been affected so especially if like an everton versus man city i had uh two players in that game i think you might have had did you, do you have more
0: I think it was just Calvin. I, yeah. I, I think I got rid of De Bruyne by that stage. Oh, it was a Tottenham game, wasn't it, that, that affected you badly in the same week. Yeah, I yeah, I had two obviously two Tottenham players plus uh Luchman, Yes uh, who wouldn't who though he's my probably my worst player. You know, still didn't even get like a player like one or two points out of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah. so even so I I think I've got
1: uh I've got double ups on west ham uh new uh, not newcastle where we got that from west ham man city and leeds so mm. like and that's it i haven't got three in any team so i'm, I'm fairly well spread yeah and that's it's actually more so than it, it was in the, a couple of weeks before that because i've put rafinha and john stones in the last two weeks which has meant double up so i was very well spread which just goes to showing if you do try and uh manoeuvre the percentages in your favour, you still might get found out. My bench is a bit stronger now anyway because I'm looking, still looking to bench boost in game week 19, which is why I got in Suchek last week because he's ideal for a bench boost. But yeah, it's just going to show, doesn't it? It Is It is luck-orientated, even if you have got that. Even this week, say you have two goalkeepers, but it's McCarthy and Ariola, you're still left without a goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, so... Oh. It's yeah. funny you mention that because uh, Fraser Forster is my backup goalkeeper. Yeah. Yes, he got more points than uh, Martinez this week. Yeah. Uh, Another pretty we could have had.
1: Yeah, but I suppose if, if say you'd found out that uh, Forster was going to play before the deadline, you'd probably still have started Martinez, wouldn't you? Um, Probably, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, exactly. It just goes to show you. Obviously, you want to try and... Luck is, is a big factor in FPL at the moment, but you still want to try and Min, you know minimise the effect of that make your own luck basically i think is what i'm trying to say as much as possible but it's still very difficult
0: uh i want to have a mini rant now if that's okay jack yeah of course i think i know what it's about uh well it, it's it's on the same lines about COVID and football uh, obviously you know for those who are listening outside of the uk the uk is now back in lockdown uh until we don't actually know when six weeks at least i'd have said I think, yeah, and they've not put a, an end on it. So it could be till mid-February, it could be to the end of March. Yeah. Uh, my rant is about uh, the players who have been sort of breaking uh, lockdown restrictions. We've seen it now with multiple clubs. Obviously, there was the, the trio of Spurs players, who's uh, Reguilon, Lamella and La Celso.
1: Yes, and Lanzini was with them.
0: And Lanzini as well, of course. And uh, it's obviously happened with my club as well, not with Palace. Uh, but with uh, Luka Milivojevic, who is of course our captain, uh, was seen uh, out and about uh, with uh, Mitrovic on New Year's Eve. I'm not happy with with Luka for that. Obviously, I don't think I don't think it is the the issue that that's cut with Luka is, which is different to what's happened with the Spurs players, is that the news about your sort of free players who broke the rules came out and then. They were all instantly dropped for the next game against Leeds. Um, mm-hmm. The Meller and the Celso weren't even in the squad. Uh, and obviously, Revion was benched for Davis. Yeah. So that's kind of been their punishment. And I'm sure they I think they have been fined and everything yes. as well. Yeah, they have. That. So they've served their sort of punishment for it. Um, the interesting thing about Luca was, is that he played uh, the next game uh, against Sheffield United. Not only did he play, he was also still captain. And this has obviously rattled people a lot. Um, and I, I, I've just got some thoughts on it that I wanted to, to say. Firstly, Luca isn't the most beloved Palace player anyway. Yeah. I don't know who this, uh, even though he had that incredible year where he took like 15 penalties or whatever. <laughs> Aside from that, when he's not taking penalties um he's prone to the odd mistake a lot of palace fans don't like him because of that um they don't see him as a a proper leader i guess on the pitch i don't know people have got a lot of problems with him Uh, and i didn't like how you do obviously have a portion of palace fans who are using this sort of new story now to again further bash luca and his career and all of that and I get that, yes, what he did was bad, but there's no reason to, you know, associate that with his football or whatever. You know, it's, it's it's just it's just you know, adding fuel to the fire. So I'm just not I'm a I'm not happy about people who, you know, take these very serious stories and then use them just to fuel their own agenda against a certain player. I don't know how you feel about that kind of stuff, but
1: yeah, um, had Fulham uh, already had their outbreak by the time. This had happened. They had, hadn't they? They had. Yeah. Which makes it even worse, I'd have said. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you said about the the fan agenda because we actually had similar with um, Lamella. The amount of stuff that I saw that was like, oh, this all Lamella's fault, basically, even though it wasn't even at his house. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that, honestly, he's blameless, but I'm not saying that he's uh, going to take any more percentage of the blame then Le Celso, Celso, definitely, because I believe it was his house. And Rehilon, you know I'm a big Lamella fan anyway, but yeah. that, this doesn't come into it when it comes to, to this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's very frustrating, isn't it, for, for people? It you're, If this doesn't make you feel privileged to be an elite sportsman, I don't think anything ever will, because obviously we can't play our own organised sports at the moment, and it's basically just elite athletes that can so yeah and given the the amount of pressure that's on our hospitals and and stuff like that at the moment it does make you i know the athletes are on the whole you know naturally going to be more self-orientated than the average person because that's just the way it is and i don't really have that much problem with that but um they still need to have a bit of uh you know a bit of know-withal around them to because it's just wrong isn't it and it's just going to frustrate everyone to you know, because we we are very limited in what we can do at the moment, and their lives are, are basically carrying on largely as normal, minus not being able to play in front of any fans. So, I think if this doesn't period doesn't make them feel grateful to be what they are, I don't think anything
0: ever will. I mean, the the thing that I think frustrates most people about Luke, and myself included, is that he's not just any player; he's meant to be club captain. Yeah, that's true. He's meant to be the one to set the examples, and this just it doesn't sit well at all with me and it rightly so and i i understand completely why people are angry obviously there are some people who said i'll oh, strip of the captaincy i don't know if we need to go that far necessarily but, Yeah. Uh, it, he did put out a, a public apology now which is a bit half-hearted
1: yeah a lot of them are aren't they it's, it's very, always it's very often sorry that i got caught which is even more frustrating
0: yeah the thing that um And I'm not trying to defend Luca in any way here, but as far as I'm aware, the story um, that he had broke lockdown, it came out on the morning of the Sheffield United game.
1: oh, I didn't realise it was that far. It was before the game.
0: I'm fairly sure it was on the morning before. If it wasn't, I apologise and I'll take back what I'm about to say. But everyone kept saying, oh, why was he allowed to play? Why was he allowed to start and be the captain? And I'm thinking, if it broke on the morning of the game, and it was an early kickoff as well, I think, or at least three o'clock.
1: It's three o'clock, so, yeah.
0: It was three o'clock, yeah. If you're the manager, if you're Roy Hodgson in this situation, you've now got to obviously rethink your whole tactics and your personnel and everything for the, for the game, which is hard enough in this time anyway. Uh, even in the best of times, it's hard enough when you have to you know, replace a player in the warm-up, for example yeah you know, this is this is a few hours before kickoff uh, and he's now learning this story from you know the tabloids, who again are not the most reliable source of, of football gossip let's be perfectly honest you know obviously now we know it is true but at the time you know it could have been taken with a big pinch of salt so i completely understand why luca played the game maybe he shouldn't have been made captain maybe they should have given it to someone else just for this game but I completely understand why he played. So I think when people are going, oh, I can't believe that Roy would do this. Well, look at it from just a footballing perspective. It was kind of late in the day to change your tactics. You know, so I, I complete, I just want to say, I'm not defending Luca, but I'm, I understand completely why Roy chose to play him against Sheffield United. That being said, if he plays any part in the Wolves game, I'm not going to be happy.
1: Yeah,
0: I understand that. You know, he should be at, at least just out of the squad for that game as, as punishment for what he's done. That's If he isn't, and I don't know what they're going to do, because it is a cup game, but again, it's against the Premier League side, so I don't know how seriously we're going to take it. Roy's record with the cup is fairly mixed, so who knows at this stage. But um, I, I won't be very happy if he plays the Wolves game especially if he's still captain for it, but I completely understand why he played the Sheffield United game. So anyway, that, that's all I wanted to say, basically, because I feel that no one's really considered the football inside of it, but there you go.
1: Yeah, and uh, Mendy was on the bench as well, wasn't he? Against Chelsea. Pep basically brushed it off in the pre-match interview, I think, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Obviously, it's very unprecedented for managers and stuff, but Minus, a, you know, obviously it obviously goes beyond football. It's just, I think it's just really uh, disrespectful to the people that are putting in hard work um, to try and restrict the effect of the virus, which is the main problem with it, really, because it's it's highly unlikely that if these footballers get the virus, they themselves will be affected. They might miss a couple of games, but nothing more. But obviously, God knows who they could end up giving it to.
0: Well, this is the thing we're now seeing, you know, entire clubs being you know, shut down. Exactly. derby Derby county if this has happened to yeah um breaking news today that villa have had to close their training ground this is you know they've got to play liverpool tomorrow night is it tomorrow jesus you know they've got to play a game in just over 24 hours okay Um, goodness knows where this where how the covid outbreak has uh has started there yeah i i don't know really what the point of my rant is here I just had some thoughts wanted to get off my chest but yeah to any footballers who are listening and they're not just don't be idiots just just don't you know you're better than this <laughs> like it's not I get I get because it's it's interesting how with the Spurs players obviously you have two argentinians um and one Spanish player meeting up with Manzini who again is Argentinian and I know that the footballers from rival clubs have the little the little like I guess based on their nationality and whatnot, and I get that, especially for someone like Regbion who's new to this country, probably doesn't have too many friends over here. Yeah, um, the, tempta- the temptation to hang out with friends and stuff is very strong, especially if he's away- especially if he's away from his home and his family. Yeah, I, kn- I
1: know he's and currently living home. on his own, so
0: not but, that that's any
1: excuse, but
0: no, no I know. I it's again, it's not an excuse, but I can understand why. Perhaps they would do it. They're feeling lonely and whatnot, but still, just don't be stupid about it. Be be better about it. You know. I don't know. That's all I wanted to say. So yeah, just quickly, just yeah. sum we'll
1: up in a minute. Ask you your thoughts on should football carry on? Basically.
0: Um. Yes, but all the clubs need to go into their bubbles again. Yeah. Like they did during the first lot. I don't understand how. You know, we we can have a, a national lockdown, but yet. Certain groups don't go into the bubbles that they had before. I know it's inconvenient. I know it takes people away from their families and whatnot, but I don't think you can have one rule for one and one rule for another. Yeah, I re- I do think football will get cancelled. You do never... yeah, because I can't see them going back into their bubbles anytime soon, even though it would be the the right thing to do. Uh, and again, we're gonna have F- we're gonna have FA Cup this weekend, where we've got not only have we got sides up and down the country uh, mixing with different leagues now mixing as well. Yeah. And it just takes one player from one club in one league to play a game against a a club in another league and then they spread it to their league and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, no, Um, it's a good point. I don't want want it to stop, but it's going to have to at some stage because people aren't following the rules. Yeah. Maybe maybe it will get better because we've gone past Christmas and New Year now. But uh, don't hold your breath is what I'm going to say.
1: Yeah. I, mean, uh, I don't know if you heard that if uh, we beat Marid at the weekend, which hopefully we'll do, they are going straight on to furlough. Oh, really? Yeah, because they obviously not in the top four divisions. Therefore, they're not elite sport. Therefore, they have to stop. Uh, oh, of course geez so yeah it's uh it's a strange strange dynamic but yeah you are right i didn't even think about that in terms of the fa cup so um yeah it's uh it's a strange one but should we try and analyze what we can and predict what we think might happen in the next couple of weeks
0: (laughs) yeah i i I start off like yeah happy new year guys let's be cheery and i've now gone into full depression (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah let, let's look ahead now to the new year um i'm not sure if anyone watches sky sports on in particular monday night football but uh jamie Carragher and gary neville did their sort of 2021 predictions uh which were quite amusing because gary neville said that uh paul pogba was his player to watch for the year yeah that was a <laughs> troll on and everything else uh, i think he did that deliberately didn't he, he yeah but, um, in fairness uh, Paul Pogba's transfer uh, saga might be something to watch this year uh, not necessarily Paul Pogba the football player though
1: uh. yeah yeah well he's played quite well the last two or three games I don't know if you've seen any of him but they, he basically played left wing last night but yeah I, I think he still wants to try and give it a go but obviously the the agency's big bucks are the move for him so yeah <laughs> nothing else really to say because he's not a fantasy option
0: no, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so anyway, they had their predictions and uh, Jack and I thought we'd uh, try and do the same. Uh, just just have a quick kind of who we thinks going to do what in 2021. So who's going to win the league?
1: I've, I've recently changed his opinion. I'm now on Manchester City. Unless Liverpool buy a, a centre-back in January. I still think Liverpool are the best team, but I think... The absence of Joel Matip is actually massive. I think Joel Matip is a really, really good centre-back. And um, without him, I think that they will really struggle. H- hence why they have struggled. Their build-up is, is really effective when he's not there. But I think this is a season where 80 to 85 points is going to win the league. And Man City's solidity and, and uh, consistency of results, I think, will get them just over
0: the line. Yeah, I'm seeing pretty much everyone in gone for Liverpool or City. And my, in my infinite wisdom, I've decided to pick neither of them. <laughs> Jack, I am going for Spurs to win the league this year. Oh God, really? Here's, 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 here's my thought. Um, I don't think Liverpool will buy a centre back, uh, even though they ought to. Uh, I don't think they will. I don't. City. I don't know. I'm just bored of them winning. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't. I don't care. Even when they beat Chelsea and they played really well, I was like, I don't care.
1: Yeah, I mean, they did look really good at the weekend.
0: Maybe I'm going with my heart over my head here, but I, I just think Spurs, Mourinho's got them firing on all cylinders, and I I, I do think City are going to keep dropping points uh, at the moment because they haven't really sorted out their issues up up top. down to play like Phil Foden or Mares as as a striker. Yeah. That's- Having very limited success, and there's a whole—I'm not sure if you've seen this a whole thing about De Bruyne. Uh, he's having some problems of signing a new contract.
1: Yeah, though Pep seems very laid back. I think it will happen.
0: I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he will, but it's it's just going to put a dampener on things for a while. So I, I'm just going to go for it. I think Spurs are going to win the league. You, you'll you'll look forward to when you hear my top four then. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got if you've got Spurs in the top four. <laughs> Uh, should we just go for our top fours now? Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I've got Liverpool Liverpool second, Man United third and Leicester City fourth. Good. And, um, <laughs> I just, I think that we have are going to have far more games between now and the end of the season than any other team. I'd expect us to, obviously we have the Carabao Cup final, which is only one game, but I'd expect a deep run in the Europa League and I'd expect a deep run in the FA Cup. And even though we have got good squad depth on paper when they have played, it's not been great in the Europa League. Obviously, we we drew with Lask and we lost to Royal Antwerp. So, yeah, I just think that the games will eventually bog us down and that we will uh, still finish fifth, I'd imagine. But Mourinho would, I think, rather win the Europa League than than hedge his bets to see if we could finish third or second or whatever.
0: I mean, it's possible that the Europa League is obviously the... The big unknown factor in all of this it depends how serious clubs want to take it or not uh, i don't think Rooney will take the europa league as seriously as he did when he was at uh united i think the europa league is harder to win now than it was uh four years ago when he did it yeah no i think yeah. that's true plus i think again his united team that year personnel wise wasn't that good as well especially towards the end of the season when he lost uh Slatter and a few other key players to injury. Yeah, I've got that. So I think so I think that's kind of when he made the decision to uh, sort of focus on it more when he realized sort of top 4 was going to be a bit unachievable whereas I think top 4 is still very achievable for you guys now. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. It is, because it is so open this year. That's why I put them to finish top. The rest of the top 4 I haven't really chosen an order for these for this. But I'm just going to say Liverpool, Man City, and Man United. Yeah. In the top four. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. enough. Yeah, as much I'd love to see Leicester or even Everton or maybe even Southampton get into the top four, but I think I think it's a bit unrealistic. I think Chelsea are going to continue to struggle. I don't think Lampard will be sacked during the season, but um, I, he might go in the summer. Uh, especially if they don't get top 4 and I don't think they're going to get top 4. If they if they get top 4 he's 100% out the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. They probably will get top 4. Just they'll fluke it like they did last year a bit, but I'd rather as I'd rather Leicester get it. I'd rather United not qualify in the top 4 either. I think so, they will. I think they will. I mean that's the thing they could go top very in the next game if they win it. So yeah, they've even though they started very poorly, they've just been very consistent and just had a, a very good winning streak. So, yeah. 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 My reason behind Leicester
1: was just that I don't feel like they get spoken about very much. They're, they are, you know, if there's a top six these days, they're without doubt in it. And I just feel like they don't really get recognised. I don't actually think they've played that well so far this season and they're still, are they fifth, third? Third, are they? Uh, third, I think. Third, yeah, third. So, yeah, no, I don't expect them to drop off quite as badly as they did last year. I think their squad depth's a little bit better. So, yeah, I, I think that Leicester will will sneak in and have kind of been unrecognised despite being consistent for, is it three seasons now they've been there or thereabout? I I
0: would not be surprised in any way if they sneak fourth spot. Uh, let's move on to the opposite end of the table. Who's getting relegated this year? If we don't have at
1: least two of the same three, I'm going to have words.
0: Uh, you know what? We might we might not, actually. I'm going to guess we both have Sheffield United. Yes, we do. As amazing as it would be if they stayed up, it's too late now. Yes. Do you think they're going to beat Derby's record? No. No, I don't. Do you think they'll get, think they'll get more than Derby? Yes. Or, yeah, for, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I expect them to, to get some results. Who are your other two teams, then? West
1: Brom. Right. Uh, and reluctantly, I went for Fulham. Okay. Looking at the current table, I thought, actually, who do I want to go down is, New- <laughs> is, is Newcastle. Um, I've had enough of them. They are dreadful. People insult Burnley all the time. I'd much rather watch Burnley any day of the week over Newcastle. So, yeah, I want Newcastle to go down, but I think they already have too many points mm. and, are, and they'll keep ticking over. I'm going to guess you've got
0: Brighton, haven't you? Oh, how well you know me <laughs> but, but here's the thing I've got Brighton and Fulham to go down
1: you've got West Brom to
0: stay up I think Big Sam's gonna do it I don't I really <laughs> here's don't here's the thing everyone said oh look how badly they've started you know uh, losing to Arsenal 4-0 and all that um if people remember the last time he was in a relegation scrap um, and I'm not including that Everton year because that that was another relegation scrap. um The last time he was in a relegation scrap was with uh, us back in sixteen seventeen. Yeah, and he started with us abys- abysmally abysmally. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. We you know we drew with Watford. We lost four 0 to Sunderland at home, and that was the year that Sunderland got relegated with Moyes. Yeah, I can't remember all the other results, but you know we only we only won one of his first like eight games, uh, and that was against Bournemouth. So doesn't say too much. It, so, but it took a while for sort of him to get going with us, and when he did, we went on a like eight-game unbeaten run, um, including beating Liverpool and beating Chelsea. I still think he'll keep them up. I think it will be close a lot closer than it was when he was with us, but uh, I think they'll do it. I think that they have no chance in hell. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I, I am quite possibly big, uh, big Sam's biggest fan. I think he's one of the most underrated managers of the last 15 years, mm. but this squad, the squad is still the most important thing and this squad is championship in anything but name. Their expected goals statistics are among the worst that's ever been seen since expected goals was created.
0: Yeah, it's not great, is
1: it? I don't really see how much. They're obviously adding Robert Snodgrass. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, I heard a rumour about it. It's coming in, but I I can't see them adding enough quality for them to be able to stay up uh, at all. The squad's just not good enough, and there's only so much Sam can do. Um, I think this is the one time he's bitten off more than he can chew. I wouldn't even be surprised if Sheffield United overtook them. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I just think Sheffield United need something to click. I think they just need something to a one-nil where the ball hits Brewster on the bum or something. Um, <laughs> and I, I still think they're going to go down, but I think that they'll they'll get points. So yeah, I think that West
0: Ham of uh, West Ham sorry West Brom have got no chance. I don't, I don't know. I think I think they'll do it. Um, I think it'll be a lot closer than people say it will be. There's all, cause there's always the team that everyone thinks is going to finish bottom, and they end up being you know, the one who nearly stays up, like uh, Cardiff a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, example of that. Yeah. Uh, and probably should, probably should have stayed up as well, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Fulham will go down. I don't think they've got enough quality to get them through.
1: Yeah, I that was reluctant for me because uh, I think you know that I've been a big fan of Fulham in the last month or so. Um, I think they, I think they look Premier League quality now, but I think that there's almost a the lack of a of a third team that looks like relegation candidate. Burnley have got no chance of going down. I think Brighton will eventually play to the metrics and get some points. I, I, I still go into every Brighton game thinking that they could beat anyone, but I think they could also lose to anyone. But uh, I expect them to eventually catch up and um, be all right. Um, Newcastle, as I said, are the team that I actually think are the worst. I think they're actually worse than Fulham, but I think they've already got enough points that it's not going to be an issue for them. And annoying wins like, you know, the 2-0 over Palace that they had and and stuff like that is
0: just going to keep them up. Um, and, yeah, I went Brighton to go down, which, again, maybe it's, you know, heart overhead. Maybe. Um, <laughs> it's dreadful.
1: Admit it. <laughs> They're not. They're not good. No, but I think that that they're scoring so far different to their metrics at the moment that I think they've got to get. They even if they don't get close to to equaling it, I think they eventually will. Will get some points. I think inspected points. They're literally like I think they're quite close to us because we're outscoring because of Son and his ridiculous um, finishing rate. But I think they're like level one points with us or something in terms of what's expected. And I just can't see them keeping this up forever. They're going to have the odd game where they do bury chances. So I I
0: expect Brighton will be fine. Uh, Let's hope not.
1: Um, (laughs) Best team ever to go down if it
0: happens. Arguably, yeah. Uh, Go on to the golden boot winner. Yeah, it's tough, this. Yeah, I mean, this is a... uh, We talk about the, the Premier League title race being close this is just as close um currently Salah is on 13 goals uh Son's got 12 Bruno Fernandes Dominic Calvert-Lewin Jamie Vardy have 11 and then Patrick Bamford and Harry Kane have 10 and then there's obviously a, a smattering of other uh, names after that yeah uh, who did you go with uh, I think Salah we we agree on something for once
1: ah oh, there you go um I actually think Patrick Bamford has an outside
0: shot. Yeah, I,
1: I think with the, he will, regardless, just keep getting chances in every game. So I think he has a, a and he's what has he got ten? Is he he's like three behind? Uh, he's ten, yeah. Especially as he's got penalties now as well. I think he has a real chance. Um, I, I would say it's between Salah, Bruno, Vardy, and Bamford for me. Maybe Son. I don't think Kane will get it with his new role. I don't think he'll have the goals anymore. I don't think he's a thirty-goal striker se- uh, goal of season striker anymore. Um, so I'd expect it to be one of those four I mentioned.
0: I think yeah, it will be close. Uh, I've gone Salah as well just because it's Salah. It's what he does. He's never failed to win a golden. Oh, apart from last year, obviously. Um, yeah, it was Vardy, wasn't it? Because he just he just gets chances, doesn't he? And he just puts them away. Yeah. Um, uh, it'd be great to see someone like Bamford come through, a bit like how Vardy did uh, last year. But uh, don't think it's going to happen. Don't think Bruno's going to get it. Um, he can't keep scoring every penalty.
1: It's not even penalties. He's scoring a lot of of open play goals. That's true. That's true. I don't, um, I don't, I don't, I, Vardy is actually the the main penalty hogger this
0: season. He is actually, isn't he? Yeah,
1: which makes me think that I know his non-penalty XG is is well down on the other names we mentioned. Um, so I, I'm actually, I think I'm going to have Bamford second, I think. Ooh. I actually think he has a real chance of winning it, which would be amazing.
0: It would be incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah. He's probably have the highest XG of anyone. He is, uh, he is currently on the highest non-penalty XG in the league do you know what it is?
1: Uh I'll just check for you. Is it around fifty odd? No, he's on uh non penalty, he's on nine point eight nine. And he scored ten. So this is this is good from the Patrick Bamford of last season. Wow. That's from Fancy Football Hub is where I got that from. Um okay. Chris Wood is actually fifth in total. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I, I think Batford has a real chance, especially if you keep sticking them away at a decent rate.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And finally, we're going to go with our player to watch for the rest of the season. Jack, I'm aware that you've picked three players from different positions? I have four. Oh, four. Oh, OK. A
1: defender, a midfielder, a wide player, and then a striker. Go for it. OK, uh, so my defender was Matty Cash. Who I've been really impressed with. What's impressed me about Matty Cash is actually um, he's not played right back for very long. I think it's two seasons. He was usually a winger at Forest, and they oh, convert yeah. they converted him, yeah. And his as well as being he's created thirteen chances this season, so see, there's an t- attacking threat. Um, it was what I think it maybe was second or third out of teams outside the top six uh, for defenders. But his defensive solidity as well has really impressed me. Um, I, when I came in and I heard that he was like a, a recently converted full uh, winger, I was thinking, well, he's probably got some attacking threat, but might get found out defensively in this league. And it's not happened. If we didn't have such an uh, amazing choice of right backs in this country, he'd probably be up there. Um, yeah. I'm just annoyed that we spent the same amount of money as what Villa got in, but on Matt Doherty. Mm. So, but um, yeah. That's my defender to watch. Uh, I did consider Anthony Robertson, Robinson sorry, from Fulham, who I've been really impressed with, um, but decided to go for cash. Um, midfielder wise, I went for hopefully a Tottenham player by next summer, which is uh, Anguisa from Fulham, uh,
0: Yeah,
1: okay. who has the second most dribbles per 90 in the league, which oh. is
0: unbelievable
1: for a centre midfielder. <laughs> i have been really impressed. He reminds me a bit of, we've never really fully deplaced. We never really could fully replace Moussa Dembele, but we've never really fully replaced. And Dembele is quite close, but tends to prefer to play a little bit further forward, I think. So he would be ideal, I think, to replace Zoko. Um I'd be really impressed with his ball carrying and and I think that he'll get a Premier League move regardless of whether for go down or not. My wide player was uh, someone who I actually spoke about at the start of the season, Jack Harrison. yeah. Yeah, I like it. Third uh, four minutes per chance created this season. Hmm. Thirty-eight every thirty-eight minutes. He was behind Grealish and Mount. Grealish's stats are unbelievable. I wasn't joking when I think I said the other day that I think he's in the top five players in the world at the moment. In the world? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. It doesn't look quite as good because Ollie Watkins cannot finish any of the chances that he puts in the the plate (laughs) for him. But um, I think Grealish is in I, – I, he's one of the first names on my England team sheet at the moment, if not the first. But, yeah, just Harrison will keep ticking over because of the way Leeds play. I think he has actually been looked at by Gareth Southgate, so maybe a, a cap coming soon. And my striker, which wasn't really stats-based, but it's just someone eye-test-wise I've been quite impressed with, is Fabio Silva. He's – what is that? Like, he's like 18 or something. Yeah. And he's just – it's obviously very hard to step in to him and there's his shoes. And um yeah. he's looked like he wants to, to give it a real go and, and be a leader, which I've been impressed with, rather than shying away from games which, you know, maybe would happen given he's just been thrown in. Um but that's not really stats based, that's just I've been quite impressed with his attitude so far and think that it might improve if he uh keeps his running the team. Uh
0: I took a, a slightly different approach. I didn't I don't really know who to pick for this, to be honest. Every time I thought is this person a player to watch or is he too well established or Yeah, that's really? true. Person actually going to be any good this year? Am I just is it wishful thinking? So I've played it safe and I've gone for Eze, uh, my boy. He was on one. Of, he was on my list. So uh, I think he's a tremendous player. Yeah. We've only seen sort of inklings of his quality so far. Um, but what I think is going to make him really stand out for this uh, rest of the season is that he's obviously been playing sort of left in a four-four-two so far. Yeah. Um, and it's only ever been sort of him or Jeffrey Schlupp fighting for that role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Schlupp is now out for three months. Yes. With a hamstring injury. So at the unless we sign anyone this January, which is very unlikely, um, Eze is going to be sort of the undisputed choice to play on the left hand side. The only other real option we've got there is maybe like Max Meyer, who's not going to play. Um, or Zaha, or Zaha, who's now looking at power up front. Well, that's the problem is, you know, Roy won't play Wilf on the left, he won't move Townsend from the right. Um, yeah. The only other thing he could do is he could play Van Arndt there and have Mitchell at left back. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it could work, but um, I, Eze is going to be nailed on for that position now for the next few months pending injury or complete loss of form. I think it's He's a real fancy option, potentially. Um, I wouldn't pick him, personally. I think there's better options out there. Not yet, no. Yeah, not yet. Um, but we'll wait and see. Uh, but no, I think he's... A, I'm very excited that we have him at Palace.
1: Yeah, no, I would be as well. I think he's. he looks very, very good.
0: Yeah. And again, with the Euros coming up, you, you never know. He's got an outside chance, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, Depends. Again, depends what else happens with uh, other players. Yeah. Um, the other two names I've jotted down, um, you're going to mock me for one of these, uh, is Kai Havertz, who I've famously cursed now with my fantasy team, team. name. <laughs> uh, team <laughs> name for Callum Strikes again. I picked Kai Havertz because Chelsea are obviously in a, a, a bad run of form at the moment. And Havertz hasn't really had uh, a fair run in so far under Lampard. I think Lampard knows what to do with him. Uh, his his best position is in like as a number ten. Yeah, uh, every time I've seen Havertz play, he's either playing on the right or he's playing like way deeper in into midfield. It's clueless stuff. Yeah. It really um, is. Uh, Lampard doesn't know what to do with him at the moment. So I'm thinking two things are gonna happen. One, Lampard's gonna leave and is gonna come in and make like Havertz the, the hub of the team. Yeah, Um, as the record sign he ought to be or what's going to happen is the bad form is going to continue and Lampard is going to have a big rethink uh, of his team and his formation is going to be moved back into a number 10 role uh, and then he'll thrive there someone noted during the uh, City game that he came on uh, into the second half and was basically playing in his natural number 10 yeah yeah uh, and played very well apparently got an uh, assist at yeah. the end of the game yeah yeah so i think that maybe lampard will have a rethink or a new manager will come in and use him properly yeah um, it's, i don't think he's going to be great off the of fantasy or anything but um i think after a, a fairly anonymous first few months uh this is going to kind of define him this rest of the season
1: yeah no i'm, I'm not laughing at that one for sure i think uh yeah, I think, I think Havertz is either number 10 or potentially a false nine. I think both of those positions are mm. would be good for him, especially if you have kept Werner on the left, in adverted commas, but put, made Werner very narrow. Because Havertz, yeah. Havertz is decent in the air. For, for he's, I know he's quite big. I think he's 6'1", 6'2", but he's, he's decent in the air regardless. So I think yeah. that you could play him up front and, and Werner drifting in and around him. But I think Frank's... Uh, Tactics are held up at the moment by his obsession with playing Mason Mount in every single game. <laughs> um, in that Mason Mount,
0: yeah, that's not a slight against, against Mount necessarily. No, it's not. It's, it's not
1: because he is he is also very good. But um, Mason Mount's best position is number eight, which is obviously only really played in the four three three, which doesn't suit Havertz unless he plays up front. So yeah, no, I, I think that I personally think that Havertz wasn't planned. I think he was uh, uh, randomly became available, so they decided to jump at the chance to get him.
0: See I don't know that as well, but I, I've heard otherwise. That apparently Havertz has been eyed up for a year at Chelsea. Okay, uh, I just
1: thought he was pretty well, nailed to go to Bayern Munich until COVID hit and they couldn't afford him anymore.
0: I heard the same. Apparently, Chelsea have been looking at him for a year, and I think I think they jumped when they did because so many other clubs were becoming interested in him. Yeah. Uh, because he was kind of unknown until last year.
1: Yeah, he he was really really good in the Bundesliga restart, playing as a false nine actually most of the time. So yeah, I think I think if he's someone, it's a bit like Deli Ali. I've compared them both quite a lot. So I think they're both quite similar players. If he plays in the right spots, he will be dangerous. But it, but if you put him in the wrong position, don't adapt very well. So and what's your other one?
0: Ah, uh, my third option. So this is a truly a wild card. Uh, if ever there was one. Uh, My player to watch for 2021 is Diego Costa. Ah, that's clever. I see what you've done there. Because uh, if you don't know, he has left Atletico Madrid, uh, had his contract terminated for some reason. I don't know why. I think he just wasn't playing for them. Yeah, I'm not actually sure either. But anyway, he is now a free agent. Uh, Multiple clubs need a proper striker, Wolves included. They need someone a bit more physical like Jimenez, I guess. Yeah. I think Diego Costa could be on for a move back to the Premier League. I don't know. If he does move, I'd be very tempted to – not tempted to put him on my team necessarily, but I'll be keeping an eye on him for sure. Yeah. That's uh, why he is one to watch. Um But no, I just, <laughs> I just thought this is a, an interesting pick. Would, would he actually move back? I don't know. I, I
1: think he be- will. Um, he obviously speaks Portuguese I'd imagine because he is Brazilian rather than I know he plays for Spain but um, (laughs) he is naturally Brazilian Um, so I I think yeah I would expect him to end up at Wolves and I suppose that would overwrite mine of Fabio Silva but oh well Um,
0: (laughs) yeah no I I think so that'd be too play on the winds I think as well so they could play together if they needed to
1: yeah that's true Um, but no I think think you might be onto something now I think that's a very clever pick you've just done there
0: again a lot of these sort of want my well him and Havertz especially it, it depends on a lot of other factors happening yeah in, uh, regards to managers and such but uh yeah no there you go just we'll we'll review this I guess in six months time and see see how it went <laughs> <wrong>. yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't dare look at our, our Champions League predictions that we made because I know we got quite a lot of that wrong <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I've done all right in the fantasy game, so I've obviously done something right. I can't remember what my rank is now, but I think I'm in the top 1,000 or something. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've decided it's my game. Stuff this F- FPL crap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right, then, so that goes, that kind of concludes our sort of predictions for 2021. That took a lot longer than I thought it was. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a super long podcast, so uh, strap yourselves in. Uh, we are now going to be discussing Jack's free hits. Yeah. Game Week 18. Um, obviously, eight teams aren't playing this week. Yeah. i say it's between Tuesday and Thursday. Game days. Game, game days? Game midweek? <laughs> that's,
1: a, that's a sky term, game days.
0: Uh, yeah. Game week 19 a proper game week because it starts on a Friday and ends on a Thursday. It's a proper full seven days. Oh, God, yeah. Week. Yeah. That is the definition of a game week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'm getting carried away. Game week 18, uh, eight teams aren't playing. Uh, and obviously it's followed by game week 19 where we have those eight teams that don't play in game week 18 have a double game week. In game week 19, yeah, sort of plus some teams that do play in game week 18 also have a double game week, <laughs> just to add confusion.
1: United,
0: Burnley, Tottenham, Villa, is it? Uh, Tottenham don't have a double game week, I don't know, I don't know, no, you don't. Oh, okay, United, United definitely do,
1: United and Burnley
0: uh, definitely do, yeah, it's because they've added in the new fixtures, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, anyway. You're obviously deciding you're going to free hit this week. Um, I take it you're missing quite a few players then?
1: Yeah, I've got – actually, it's not quite as bad as uh, I probably originally thought because of, uh, well, United and and et cetera. But it's uh, I currently have uh, Martinez, Charlie Taylor, who's probably out. We don't have a clue because their last match was called off. Uh, John Stones, Raheel De Bruyne and Fernandez, who are two big players this week. Uh, and Calvert Lewin. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, probably six with um, Charlie Taylor. So um, I'm not 100% going to definitely play it. I'm not activating it until the day of the deadline for obvious reasons. You know, say the game, say Premier League features get cancelled, I've just activated my free hit and have just wasted it. So. Yeah, I'm not activating it, but I will say I am likely to play it as long as fixtures stay as they are. Um and it's quite decent options. I think a lot of people will target Arsenal, Man United and
0: uh City. I don't know if you agree. Um yeah, I mean I would. I was free. I'm not I by the way will not be free hitting because I've never really mentioned this. I'm uh, not sure. Um I've still got seven, maybe eight players play this week. Three of which are Son, Fernandez, and Kane. So I'm not actually overly worried about this week. Yeah, and I'd rather save the free hit for later on in the future, where we might have more games, um, may have more double game weeks, or more games of uh, fixtures missing.
1: Yeah, which yeah. is which is fair enough. I mean, I'm not even 100% sure I'm going to activate mine, but likely heard I will. Um, yeah. Goalkeepers, obviously, I. I'd like to look for the balance of one that I think will keep a clean sheet but also get some saves, which basically narrows it down to Darlow or Leno for me. I've seen a few teams with De Gea in, but I can't see. That's six points or two for me. Yeah. So, Darlow, obviously, Sheffield United can't hit a barn door. But I would expect them to to test Darlow out as well. Um, And Leno, Arsenal can see quite a lot of shots. I mean, I own Leno and Sky, and even though they absolutely battered West Brom at the weekend, he still got saves bonus, so they can see a lot of shots. Uh, Defence wise, I'm probably going to have double City um, at the back. Um, I've seen a few go for De Bruyne and Sterling, but I'm not sure it's worth it. Probably go Cancelo and then either Stones or Diaz. Cancelo just looks dangerous in every game to me. I, I, I took him out when he got rotated that one time and it was a bad idea. <laughs> I just thought he'd lost his place. Um, I just couldn't see him getting back in given he's not an actual left back, but he's playing both sides. He's basically first choice now, it seems. So I'll have Cancelo and then either Stones or Diaz. I'd imagine... Um, I'm quite interested in the Newcastle. Center. I assume Newcastle will go to a back four for this game, as they tend to do against weaker opposition.
0: You'd imagine.
1: And they've had uh, quite a few players come back from injury since the last time they played a back four. We don't. I'm not actually sure who their first choice pairing is, which is a bit annoying um, because obviously they're so dangerous from set pieces. It's basically the only way they score, mm. really. Kieran Clark, I've actually bought before, has a great record of scoring from set pieces. But do we know he's going to play? I don't know. But if we, if we got any sort of inclinations, which who was going to play, I'd look to maybe double up on Newcastle as well, just because you've got to play the percentages. And Sheffield United have scored, is it eight goals this season?
0: Something ridiculous
1: like that, yeah. And then I, I want Tierney. I'm pretty sure I'll have him in as long as money fits. Regardless of his performance at the weekend, his chance creation stats are really
0: good. So I will look to have him in for sure. I was going to say, just on the subject of this, Arsenal had a pretty good Christmas period. Yeah. Um, obviously beating Chelsea and West Brom and Brighton. I wanted uh, to know, obviously Tierney, you just confirmed, is, would Tierney be in, uh, a good pick for the future? Is it long term? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is he, 5-4, something like that? Yeah, it's
1: cheap. He's, he's definitely got the potential to be a great pick in terms of attacking returns. Um, obviously, I'd like to see a bit more consistency from Arsenal. Even after they beat Chelsea, I thought they were quite poor against Brighton, um, despite getting the win. And obviously, you can get Rob Holding
0: for four and a half. I was going to say, yeah, he's another option. Um, yeah. So I'm saying I might replace um, Lamptey for this week. Yes uh, And just in general. So, uh, I think of uh, different options to bring in.
1: Rob Holding is, yeah, definitely another bad shout. Um, I'm very wary about Wolves-Everton because it's very hard to call and I I can't see goals in it. Everton are becoming more and more functional every game um, in terms of they look more solid, but their attacking threat has been dampened considerably. And Wolves are very unpredictable. <laughs> Defensive stats are, are, are quite poor. Despite that Roman Saiz is one of the most dangerous uh,
0: defenders in the league from set pieces I was going to say is he, is he a good option I, I used to have, we both used to have him didn't we yeah after he stopped playing for about two weeks
1: yeah I, I think so I think there's better options at the price in terms of clean sheets no, I'd much rather have John Stones than Saiz how much is John Stones uh, He's just went up to five is he only five yeah oh, okay. I, I bought him for
0: 4.9 oh wow yeah um, I might get Stones in then
1: yeah, I, I was quite surprised. Like, yeah. I say to a few people, like, oh, I brought John Stones in, really happy with it. And it John Stones? I was like, John Stones is about as nailed on to play as most other City players. In the last yeah. seven games, he's played 90 minutes in all of them, uh, minus one, where he missed out against West Brom. Injury bound. <laughs> yeah, I probably cursed him now. He's also used up his goal luck for the next like two seasons now because he scored last night. Yes. <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> His first uh, City goal in uh, four years. Yeah, I think he scored a brace in the Champions League once, from memory. He against Napoli. Was it? Yeah, I remember him scoring twice. He also obviously got the two goals against Panama in the World Cup. Yeah. Those were his last goals. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, if budget's
1: tight for me, I'll have no problem going from Diaz to Stones, because that's a really good saving. 0.8, I think. 0.9 Zero point nine for me, because I, I have stones for four point nine. Uh United wise, I would be interested in Maguire or Luke Shaw because Burnley is still very blunt in attack. Luke Shaw's actually been really good the last sort of three or four games. I, I think his creativity sets are quite good. I've not actually looked into it, but eye test wise he's really impressed me. And Maguire is always obviously a threat from set pieces, but maybe less so against Burnley. Which as long as we thought Luke Shaw was going to play, because obviously he has decent competition in Teled. I would maybe have Luke Shaw in because uh, he's 4.9, I think, as well, which is a decent price. Yeah. Um, I will, I'm will. i quite interested in going four at the back on the free hit because I think there's a great chance of a lot of clean sheets, especially if you can go like four premiums. I'm definitely only going to go two up front anyway because the the striking options look fairly limited. Midfield, KDB and Bruno are pretty much
0: locks. Yeah, just one quick note there, Jack. Uh, four premiums at the back. Is this uh, parking the bus at its best? <laughs> <laughs> it is when you have a bench that's full of like three
1: point nines and fours that you can have on the free end. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll come on to the bench actually because it, it's. I want to ask you a, a few questions about it. Um, yeah, sure. But yeah, I yeah I would like to have you know four point eight and above defence if I could help it. Minus maybe a Newcastle one. But midfield, yeah, Cady and Bruno have got to be locks, haven't they? Yeah. Um Fernandez is currently my captain at the moment. I, I I've I think De Bruyne will be the most captain, but I think I prefer
0: Bruno as well. I mean you get a penalty or something <laughs> usually. Um it's just
1: his quality in general. It just doesn't
0: look like yeah, banking right. at the moment. So
1: obviously if you want, you can go Sterling as well if you're gonna pump money into attack. Rashford, who I'm not really sold on. Uh, Son, obviously. Um, I probably will have Son just because the price is still really, really good. Um, yep. As long as that game goes ahead, obviously. The big elephant in the room, well, for me anyway, I probably won't have him, but is Aubameyang. Mm. Obviously, that's one on reputation rather than... His stats are are similar to Saka, but obviously Saka is 6 million less. But obviously, Aubameyang, all it takes is two chances and all, all of a sudden, you're on a very differential brace
0: yeah i mean i even though arsenal are back in form i still wouldn't really go near a bamian to be perfectly honest no um, i'd rather have emil smith rowe who I'm, I'm actually seriously considering yeah in the future, just because he's so dirt cheap yeah um, and looks like he's gonna be the uh the heir to the ozil, ozil uh number 10 role yeah uh, no
1: i i I'm pretty sure I won't have Aubameyang, but I do think he's the big, you know. Water. Yeah, if he if he goes off this week, people will be cursing themselves that they could have had on a free hit because I'm not Aubameyang's not a long term pick still until you get some but, sort of form out of him. But for this one week, you think, oh, imagine if you got a couple. But I I, I think I'll leave it, especially as obviously as well on my short list. I've got Saka and Smith Rowe, like you just said. Smith Rowe would obviously. Be a very if you want to make sure you have one or two decent subs is a great shout as well because he's one of the cheapest mids on the game four point four so yeah and the only other one really that I wrote down is, is Zaha
0: yeah against Arsenal as well that's quite a good game for him usually yeah
1: so that's that's he's a, I think he'll be a little bit of a differential this week as well I
0: can't imagine too many free tip
1: free hit teams will have Zaha
0: no I can't imagine either um. He, he he's kind of dropped form. I know he's scored against Leicester, um, but even before that, he was starting to drop a form as the whole of the Palace were. To be perfectly honest, yeah, so, yeah. Obviously, Eze as well. Yes, Australia. earlier. Um, I don't know who we're gonna. Who's I, I'm curious to see what team we're gonna play tomorrow night against Wolves. Um, I say tomorrow, that probably be tonight. By the time people listen to this. But because um, obviously Ben Teke hobbled off injured against Sheffield United. Yes, in NFL, that's but, true. Uh, knowing Roy, he'll pick Ayu because he doesn't like Batshu Ayu, of <laughs> course. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. And um, I don't know if the Wolves will indicate who he, he'll play for Arsenal. But um, there you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I probably wouldn't pick Zaha, but he's definitely on the list anyway. The only one I wrote down was Neto, but I'm really not sold on that Wolves-Everton game, despite his form. I could see that being a drab, 1-0 mm-hmm. or, or even 1-0 or something. Um, strikers, I, I've I've got five names written down, but I'm only really interested in two, which are Kane and Lacazette. Lacazette's form is, is very decent.
0: Yeah, He's recaptured the magic, hasn't he, a little bit.
1: Yeah, and his, his stats are good as well, which is obviously promising. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have seen a few with with Callum Wilson probably obviously that'll be fixture based but I, I, Sheffield United are not conceding a huge amount of goals, um and Newcastle are not going to be the team where they start conceding a huge amount of goals.
0: That game's either going to be um like a nil nil or a very close one nil either way. Yes. Or it's going to be Newcastle are going to steamroll them.
1: Yeah, I, I I can see I can't see that, but I can see why people think that it could happen. But I think people just get in the in the thinking of oh, it's Sheffield United, it's going to be a spanking. Well, they've only actually really been the Chelsea game was a bit of a walkover, but Chelsea were really good that day. Um, mm. Apart from that, they don't really tend to get battered even in this current awful run of form they're on. So mm. I'm not sold on Wilson. I think I'm just going to go two up front, Kane and Lacazette which makes it very easy to get Rian Brewster as your third striker who's a playing sub. So bench-wise, obviously usually on a free hit, well, I do anyway, I usually only have one playing sub who's really cheap. This year, obviously, it's very different for obvious reasons. I wondered what you thought about how many decent playing subs would you have on a free hit?
0: Two? I think Two. I mean, we've already mentioned their names. I think Rooster and Smith Smith Rowe would be decent picks. Yeah, Max Kilman. I mean, I've got Kilman in my normal team anyway, and he he's obviously only coming off the bench. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if uh, Wolves are going to revert to the back three or uh, what they're going to do. Looking at my team right now, I'll just divulge some of my transfer plans if that's okay. Yeah. Um, looking to get rid of Lamptey. i will probably bring in John Stones now that you mentioned how cheap he is. And then after that, my plan, as has been for a few weeks already, was to get rid of Lookman. Yes. Uh, with him with uh, Rafinha. Yeah. Um, although Smith-Rowe is now tempting me, but I think I'll wait and see until uh, it's next Friday, the double game week deadline. So yeah. I'll wait and to make it, but It'll probably be Rafinha to come in. Okay. And then that still leaves me with, I guess, around a million or so, budget-wise, to replace Max Kilman, who would be my next person to to get rid of. And then I, yeah, I don't. It depends. By that stage, it will be several weeks in the future, so I'll have to wait and see until then. Yes. But yeah. Kilman is, is like my third in line to get rid of at the moment. Okay. Um, but by that stage, I should have a, a fairly functional defence who will actually play every week. Yeah. Uh, what I've got at the moment, which is a whole bunch of rotated players.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe not. I suppose when you have Mitchell for 0.2 less, who yeah, appears yeah. is now maybe first choice again.
0: I think he is, but just be wary of Van Holt can coming back into that team anytime.
1: Yeah, obviously a three point nine and a and a potential. It's not really that big of a deal because he's such a good price. Uh, others yeah. other subs I've written down are uh, if you want a second playing keeper just in case. Um, Sanchez is the cheapest playing one from Brighton. Yeah. Um. But obviously they have City, which is probably like th- three points max. Yeah which is not great. And for the 0. 0.4, you could save on a non-playing keeper. Is it really worth a, a bench keeper who will get three points max? I'm not sure. Yeah. Ampadu's 4.3 and
0: plays every game. He's not worth it though because he's not going to give you... Like This is why if you're going to go with a playing one, go for Smith, Rowe or Brewster who are what, 4.4? Yeah. Yeah. Like Ampadu's not going to do you anything. I would just stick with Smith, Rowe and Brewster. Yeah, you know, so, especially if, if, cheap to be your third sub.
1: Especially if I go four four two, uh, a a bench of Mitchell, Smith, Rowe, and Brewster is very easy.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's a, I think that's a perfect bench. Yeah, to be honest with you, Jack. A I, chance I,
1: of a full playing bench as well, really.
0: Yeah, which it, again, if games get cancelled or whatever, that's ideally what you need. I know you're only going to make this at the last minute anyway. You can, you know, you can make this team on on Tuesday, and then by Thursday night when it's the Palace-Arsenal game, if that game gets called off, then at least you'll have um, two playing subs, hopefully, at least. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And I won't have too many players from Sheffield United-Newcastle, for example, so that will spread the risk a bit more. But, yeah, I just wanted to discuss some subs as well, really, because uh, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of people obviously prepare their free-hit drafts and they're, oh, how many... 11 million players can I fit in (laughs) and you actually forget that the the role of the bench is probably different than than what it has been on the free
0: hit in previous seasons because of COVID I mean you say just free hit people this is just me right now uh, yeah uh, Fernandez and Kane in my team (laughs) yeah well yeah exactly so I've I've gone very anti park the bus yeah I I, I have noticed that But it's going to improve with John Stones as dirt cheap, but quality. And I don't think Matt Target or Soufoul or your bad picks personally.
1: No, no, for, of course. I've got my my back three at the moment. If I go three at the back, is is all oh, sort of premium. Chilwell, yeah. Stones, and and Rehilon, who I'm not really sold on owning anymore. To be honest, but I've got other priorities. Should I talk about my planned transfer? Obviously, I can't make a transfer this week, but I can make transfers for my bench boost in game week 19 are you bench boosting
0: for the double game week then uh likely unless we get cancellations before the deadline yeah i i haven't worked out who could be um who's playing what double game weeks for me so I'm, I'm no but you just go for it because you obviously know what you're talking about
1: so if charlie taylor's fit by some sort of miracle um yeah it'd be ideal because i can get a full playing bench for no hits at all which i didn't expect my definite transfer this week is I'm going to take out Walton, who is my sub-goalkeeper, for Johnston or Ariola, probably. Just because I think even a minus four on that would be worth it because I'm going to make it back on in one game week when I bench boost. I'm going to go zero points to, you'd hope, at least four out of two games. I would actually prefer Ariola, but obviously the double game week fixture, I think, is Chelsea and Man United. Yeah not nice. Well, West Brom's is... I think it's West Ham and I can't remember the other, but I don't think... It's not as bad anyway. Uh,
0: West Brom have, in the double game week, they have Wolves and West Ham.
1: Wolves and West Ham, yeah, which, which isn't bad. Yeah, apart from that, the only other ones I consider is if we got some news on Fabianski, I'd, I'd rather have Randolph. Say, say that we get news that is out for even just both doubles, I'd probably just get uh, Randolph because I don't need in inverted commas them again after this week hopefully and then if charlie taylor's out i think it leaves me with about 4.9 or 4.8 on a replacement so i maybe look at i can't really ignore carl walker peters with southampton's defensive form at the moment um yeah. and i think he's the cheapest southampton defender left um so we get to the point soon where ryan bertrand is going to be southampton's cheapest defender after starting out as the most expensive
0: he's probably the the least, fa- uh, least- the least most famous defender now, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So to be, oh, at least Southampton have Ryan Bertrand at left back, and now it's all about Vestergaard and Bednarek and Walker-Peters. and he's yeah. kind of just—he's you know, kind of been quiet for the last few years. Ryan Bertrand, I haven't really heard much from him.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a, a solid player, but in terms of attacking returns, I don't know what he's got. I mean, that, um, Carl Walker-Peters doesn't exactly get a, a huge amount of attacking returns. Yeah, that's true. But uh, Bertrand has uh, well, no goals, which I, I don't remember him scoring. So In terms of assists, has he got any? He's got no assists either. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think Carl Walker-Peters has got a couple of assists, hasn't he? So, yeah, I, I would like, as I have to it, if not, I might just swap it and go for Loughton because he's also playing every game and hopefully well if Charlie Taylor's fit I don't have to take a hit at all which would be uh, amazing given the position I was in where I a couple of weeks ago I was I basically changed my mind and scrapped the bench piece I can't remember what it was um but because of City now having the double game week oh that was it City now having the double game week means that there's no way I'm getting rid of De Bruyne whilst originally I was going to get rid of him and sort of optimize the 11 for the double game week maybe get like Robertson Etc. But now I think I'm just going to bench boost because I've got a strong enough bench for it, barring cancellations, of course.
0: Yeah, this is this is all um, to to be confirmed or to be adjusted, isn't it, really?
1: Nothing can be cemented at the moment. It's just this is what I'm going to do if everything's all right. Yeah, that's that's it. a
0: couple of exciting weeks
1: for me, I suppose. Um, probably the two most exciting ones of the season. We'll have to see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I I am looking very much forward to this. Uh, not necessarily in, if I'm going to get a lot of points because I probably won't, but uh, just to see how it all plays out, and uh, you you never know. I mean, we spoke before uh, in our last pod about you know should we be captain in Salah for the for the double game week? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I might still do that. I've, I've sort of gone off the idea of doing it, but you know, it might still happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot can change.
0: But as you said, it all depends on. On COVID stuff and if games actually go ahead, which is a, is a factor that we shouldn't have to deal with, to be perfectly honest, but we're going to have to. Yeah, it's the way the way yeah. of the world at the moment. Yeah, the main the main takeaways of if you
1: you know regardless of putting in the right players or the wrong players is just try and avoid having three from a variety of teams and just don't do anything. You can plan with your team, but don't confirm the swaps until. Like I'd say, maybe an hour before the deadline. If you've got that amount of time, especially don't, definitely don't leave it until don't don't do anything until the day that day anyway.
0: I mean, some people obviously want to avoid the price drops, and I can understand that completely.
1: It's not worth it now. It's, we're already in game week eighteen as well, so around this time of year, price uh, value becomes less and less important anyway. So yeah, there's no way I'd be risking. That for a sake of a 0.1 or even 0.2 swing, team value means less in this season than arguably any other. So yeah, I saw, I don't know if you saw, but there's a, a popular theory going around now because of the movement of fixtures. Some people are actually wildcarding this week to try and, uh-huh. try and get full. So obviously that would mean three City, three United because they play in both weeks. But obviously that goes against the theory of having too many in one team. And then you're restricted as well. Like beyond the double game weeks, do you really want three, maybe three City, but I don't want three United, to be honest. So that's not a strategy for me because I already have two City, but I can understand why people
0: are doing it. It all depends how much you're willing to gamble, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and the structure of your team. Yeah, absolutely. Do you got anything else to add before we wrap up?
1: Just stick to those golden rules. Don't Don't do anything with your team until the day of the deadline. The one thing that you do. That's it.
0: <laughs> I think that's solid advice, to be honest. Yeah. And as you said, don't. I, this is this is very hypocritical because I've actually realised I've actually done this myself. But don't double up or triple up on certain clubs.
1: Yeah, I think um, the odd double up is all right, but tripling up on maybe more than one team is something I wouldn't recommend.
0: I'll point out now, if I do get Rafinha in, I'll end up having free leads. Two West Ham, two Villa, and two Spurs. Not awful. It could be worse, I guess. Yeah, um, but it's still not, still not that great. I'm being a bit hypocritical.
1: Mine is, uh, for reference to yours, I have two West Ham, two City, and two Leeds. No triple ups. That's, that's pretty impressive, you know. Yeah, I remember my team at the end of last season was just it literally had about like six teams represented in it. <laughs> Project restart. So yeah, th- this this time I would say spread your worth where you where you can.
0: Yeah. And on that good piece of advice, uh, I think we can wrap it up for this week. Good to hear from you again, Jack. It's been a while since our last podcast, but uh, I enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, yeah, it has, yeah. It's good. Uh, good to get doing something anyway. We're kind of limited on our options. So thank you, Kevin.
0: If you want uh, more world class uh, advice. <laughs> options um both in regards to fbl and sky uh then the ever excellent uh twitter page at bus bus parking fbl uh, is there for all your needs that's all i have to say um stay safe everyone obviously yeah more important than ever yeah and uh don't be an idiot and break lockdown rules please that as well yeah (laughs) all right We'll see you probably next week. Yeah. We might have to record before the end of the uh, of the game week because the game week literally ends on Thursday night and then the double game week begins 24 hours later. So, That's true. I suspect like
1: most other people, I'm not exactly busy at this moment in time.
0: So we should have plenty of time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you next week then. Uh, I've been Cal. I've been Jack. Have a good evening, everyone. Good evening, good night, and goodbye.